Hey, Star Wars fans and Rule the Galaxy fans, we are back for chapter 117 of Rule the Galaxy, and it's Joe in the pilot seat with some of our great co-hosts who are always here by our side, and uh, we're waiting for one more to join in, but while we're doing that, you can always follow us at Rule the Galaxy SW on Twitter, Rule the Galaxy SW at gmail.com. Uh, or just rule the galaxy on YouTube or Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to give any comments, reviews, anything like that, we will always take that. And uh, <clears throat> we've been getting some great feedback from people about some of our recent shows with uh, the first Cairo, the Dave M. Jones. Uh, so it, it's been really exciting and, and great. And Stephen, Stephen Kent, uh, we actually got a listener who sent me a message right after the show and said, that was a great show. We, I'm going to buy that book right now. So Stephen Kent, congratulations. We, we might have just helped you get a sale. But enough of that right now. We're on Chapter 117. We've had some big things happen today in Star Wars. And enough of hearing me talk. Let's talk to some of our great friendly co-hosts. Let's start with Brent Dykeman. Brent, how are you, sir? Is something big happened today? I, I must be living under a rock. I didn't know that there was anything big going on. I thought it was a slow um, week. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, so um, I will always show off the, the toys that I receive because you guys talk about your toys. Mm-hmm. My toys mean more to me. But so the infantry support platform, I got it all painted up and modeled up. I call it the Swamp Speeder. So if you're watching on uh, the YouTubes, you can kind of see it. Um, it's all ready to roll, uh, for the next game that I play. And then over my shoulder, I, I was jealous of all the other star Wars stuff that people would throw over their shoulder. Uh, my mother-in-law got me like the, um, I don't know the patent numbers, I guess one of them, the R2 one has like Macquarie et al. So mm-hmm. I believe that was the con- concept art for R2 or at least two drawings of it. There's concept art for the snow speeder. I got, uh, the Lambda class shuttle and the tie bomber so those are all kind of hanging over my shoulder um but yeah so ready to talk about some boba ready to talk about some boba turn it over to the man that that needs no introduction with the boba symbol on his arm and his hat uh but real quick before we go to alfie that is some great artwork back there and it's, it's really good to get that clean just you know uh, it's not too flashy, not too much Star Wars. It's just kind of basic. People couldn't tell if they just looked at it what it was, right? It's just like it looks like nice hand-drawn artwork there behind you. So I do like those, and and congrats to your your mother-in-law for grabbing those for you, Alfie. Okay, it was a slow week, but for you, this was kind of something that's been happening or waiting to happen for thirty-eight years, something like that. a long time. Yes. <laughs> so so here we are, and it's. You know, 1983, our good friend goes down in the Sarlacc pit. And, and yes, we saw glimpses of him before this, but your guy with your tattoo and your hat and a lot of your gear, we saw some things today about him. How are you, Alfie? I'm doing great, you know. Uh, hectic holiday week. It was great. I'm on vacation this week. It's awesome being home with the family. We had a great holiday. Uh, been getting some work done here at home. Good. Ready to relax and Talk some Star Wars, some Boba Fett. Well, good. Well, let, let's do that. And, and like I mentioned, uh, we have one more who will hopefully be joining us here. Uh, D-Doc, who's usually with us, is having some computer issues. So he'll join in in a little bit. And when he does, we'll just we'll just say a quick hello to him. But um, do we want to jump 
two feet right into Boba Fett, or do we want to talk about some other crazy news items before we get into the meat and potato of things? Let's do some other news items just to allow our friend uh, a few more minutes of, okay. of grace. All right. Well, you know what? I'll just throw some things out there. Uh, some things that I read this week as we wait to do the, the big story here. Um, the, uh, the Star Cruiser Halcyon was not mentioned during the Disney Christmas parade. And that is usually the time when they promote their biggest and best things coming out the following year. We've talked about it with Dave M. Jones, with First Cairo, and I'm sure many others. It didn't surprise me to hear that news one bit whatsoever. And again, this is coming from a group that if we had the money, we would still jump and go do this thing. I'd be there tomorrow. Exactly. I, I just, it's just sad that they're running into these roadblocks and they, they, they keep tripping over themselves. Any, any thoughts on that? Brent? Even with the goofy videos, right? Because let's be honest, their promotional videos um, left a lot to be desired. Just yep. like Alfie said, even watching those goofy videos, I still want to do it. I still yep. want to go see it. I just can't afford it. Yeah. Like, I would love to have seen the lightsaber training be a little bit more interactive than just kind of like shooting. But who knows what it'll actually feel like when you're there. Um, I'm sure there – I'm hoping there would be other things there. Um, it seems like it's going to be a niche hotel too, so you're only going to be around maybe 100 to 200 people at max, plus the cast the cast, the members walking through and playing the different roles as you walk through. So I don't know. Like if, if I had the, the disposable income that I don't spend on my toys – uh i'm i would be there tomorrow but yeah just can't afford it yep alfie how about you i think we're in damage control mode here <laughs> we're i get the feeling that we're going back to the drawing board and trying to you know i'm not going to say what i think but uh try to make it a little more star wars I mean, nothing that they've shown looks anything like Star Wars. I said it before and I said it again. This looks like when we were kids, man, and you go to the video store and they, there wasn't a Star Wars movie, so you had to pick a movie that was like Star Wars. Yeah. It, it just looks bad, really bad. Yeah. And the reception they've gotten, I don't think is anything what they expected. I agree. I agree. D-Doc has shown up and joined – Join the forces, and he's wearing his uh, looks like Baby Yoda Mandalorian Mandalorian Christmas sweater there, or pajamas, one or the other. How are you doing, Doc? I'm good. I don't know if anything is working here. Can you hear me? Loud and clear. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm doing good. A uh, little bit of craziness getting set up here. Can't find the charger for my laptop. Laptop may die mid episode. So. <laughs> Yeah, I just finished the show like at like nine or eight fifty-five, and yeah, I don't know, crazy. Okay, well, see, that's <laughs> to get the we... kids out of the living room before watching it and stuff. So that that we started off with just you know hitting some general topics and everything because we wanted to make sure you were here for the discussion. Um, so glad to have you. I, I know we're all facing the same thing. I mean, this is my son always jokes that this is the most worthless week of the year. Because you're, it's not Christmas now and it's not New Year's yet. And everybody's thinking, am I going back to work? Am I really working? I don't know. Um, so, yeah, it, it's kind of a mixed up crazy week. Uh, before we, you know what, let's just hit these other bullet points real quick. Um, because we want to be a full head of steam when we hit the Boba Fett talk. One, 
uh, D Doc, thanks for for pointing this out to me. I don't know how I missed it. Mark Thompson, our good friend from the show, uh, the great voice actor who does so many novels and uh, you know audio audio the audio books and uh, is now part of Star Wars Visions. Mark Thompson hospitalized in the last week, and we, we all are wishing him well. Uh, again, D Doc, thanks for for pointing that out to us all, so we could send him a message. Great guy. Um, I think it was kind of confusing health thing that he wasn't even sure about you know what was going on but hopefully he's turning the corner and everything's getting better but we all want to wish him the best uh have, have we heard any more have you guys seen anything more on on mark no i know he was sending pictures from the hospital in good spirits so i think he's turning the corner but hey mark if you do hear this or if anybody wants to reach out to uh, mark on uh, on twitter or, or any social media wish him well because he's a great guy and, and hated to see that um i've had to spend the hospital or the christmas season at, at the hospital in the past it's never very much fun um five years ago this week the princess carrie fisher died passed away it's hard to think that it's been five years. It seems like it was like a year ago to me. Um, and she's left a big void. I mean, obviously she was, she was facing quite a few health issues uh, as she got older, but to sit there and think that it's been five years since Carrie Fisher passed um, and think about all the turmoil we went through between, you know, the, the sequel trilogy and where is she going to finish up and end up and everything like that. Your guys' thoughts? I mean, I think we've all agreed. Uh, you know, the matriarch of of the of the um, Star Wars universe. Um, any thoughts on? It's been five years since Carrie Fisher has passed. I love that I'm just throwing out these pitches, and everybody's just looking and saying, "Now nah, let this one fly right by." Yeah, I can't believe it's been five years. It just seems like yesterday, and getting caught up in the hype of the force awakens and seeing the original cast back. And then that was just a real blow. She'll yeah. never be replaced. Nope. No, it will definitely be tough. And, and you know what? God love her. I heard she used to get people to leave her house at the end of parties by playing the holiday special. And that would make people leave when, she, when people wouldn't leave the party. So I love Carrie Fisher. I mean, one of a kind, let's face it. We, we lose John Madden yesterday another one of a kind and and we lose carrie fisher just you can't replace people like that right i mean it's it's uh yeah you only wish you live a life to where people sit there and go there will never be another one like that and carrie fisher definitely was that way um d duck i know your way into the legos read an article the other day that legos could possibly pass gold in the way they are growing in value the <laughs> millennium falcon the Death Star 2 and the Imperial Star Destroyer have all increased by over 2,200% since, since they came out. And they're already expensive. So you can only imagine 2,200%. That's yeah, amazing. That's like out of control. That's why it's like the, the, the $800 ad at, like, I just keep looking at pictures <laughs> of it and I'm just like, I don't even want to see it. I can't, I can't spend $800 on a Lego. And, and they don't really lose their work. value once they're built. Mm -mm. No, no. You know where the you know where the prices that was in the minifigs that come with them is like. The funniest part is, is I love building the ships the most, and then I would see like, wait a second, I'm like K2SO was selling for twenty five dollars when that's almost the cost of the U wing set that I bought. Like I'm like <laughs> this doesn't make any sense to me, but yeah, I realize there's a whole world where it's everybody wants every minifigure and they'll just sell the ship for like cheap basically 
they'll buy the sets just for the minifigs sometimes. Yep. It's crazy. I bought sets of minifigure knockoffs from China that I got like a hundred different clone troopers, random Jedi. It was amazing because the sets are so expensive to get two or three of them. Is it because they get lost so easily? Is that why their value is so much, the minifigs? I have no I idea. I don't get it. I, uh, I, I It comes Brent. back to, I think it comes back to all of the toys, right? Every toy thing when it comes back to is the limited amount. They only print so many of them that's hard to get. You have to buy it to be, you have to, could you get the K2SO from any other thing other than the U-Wing? If that's the case, then you have to buy the U-Wing. It's a limited figure and not everybody was going to foot the bill for the U-Wing. So that it just becomes there. There's a culture for collecting almost anything in this world right now. Uh, baseball cards. Uh, I got some star Wars cards for Christmas. Mm. Um, so the 2015, uh, uh, force awakens pack. I got a, a foil fin. I looked really? it up on eBay. It's worth 99 cents. It's all good. <clears throat> yeah. But you know what? It's like Indiana Jones said, or, or Bullock, you know, take this, put it under dirt for a hundred years. What's it worth in, right? I mean, that's in, in uh, what's that his name? Bullock, Balosh? I can't remember. In the first Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, but you're right. Everything's got these values and it's crazy. And I remember I bought, you guys know I'm not, I'm not the Lego guy. I'm, I love Star Wars, but I've never clicked with the Lego stuff. Click with Lego. Um, but, but. Um, I see what you did there. <laughs> um I, a guy is like hey I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting rid of these and i bought them and i was like oh cool and then i started looking around going what the heck am i gonna do with these and i started selling them all over the place and people were like does it have the minifig does it have the minifig Every, that's the first question anybody asks on any of them so uh so yeah they're increasing value one last thing before we had boba fett these the lucasfilm like care package or christmas package christmas or holiday package. Gift. Yeah. christmas gift on the outside of the uh the cover of it had names we knew were coming along willow uh you know Andor or, or the kenobi series uh different thing you know indiana jones 5 but it had on there tales of the jedi which no one knew what it was and then they, I, i'm seeing these articles saying there's job postings for animation for tales of the jedi you guys know probably more than I do. What the heck's going on with Tales of the Jedi? Is it an animated series? And when is it placed? Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows? We're just putting things together right here. There's the job postings right now. And then you see this, which, by the way, did you see what the gift was? No. A Lucasfilm record player. It's actually really sweet. Nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tales of the Jedi, that's pretty generic name. That could be anything. Yeah. It would be pretty awesome if it was an animated series. But then again, I don't know. Live action is pretty hot right now. It would be really cool to see a live action Jedi series where they're actually Jedi. True. True that. True that. Um, well, you know, we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. But uh, look, I, I, I again, I want to give D-Doc time to get his feet wet, get back into the groove on things. And, and as we were getting started and we wanted to talk about the main topic of the day today is the day that disney plus released uh the book of boba fett the first the first episode uh stranger in a strange land and um this morning as typical you know fashion joey and i started watching it unfortunately 
because he was going out of town today. We couldn't watch it together. So we watched it. He was at his place. I was at my place, but we were just messaging each other the entire show. I'm just going to run down like something that I sent him after like five, 10 minutes. Camino, Geonosis, Sarlacc, Sail Barge, Sandcrawler, Jawas, Tuscan Raiders. Wow. 10 minutes, I think. And I hit all those things. Um, talk about scratching an itch for Star Wars fans. I know Brent's probably going, I've seen all those before. You have, Brent. I agree. But 38 years in the making from the Return of the Jedi to see this come around um, just, just kind of blew me away. And I think, in my personal opinion, was it mind-shattering? Wow, look at all this stuff that happened. No, there were great, great parts and great scenes and great new characters and things like that. But I think it laid the groundwork that everything we need to know here you go. One episode. So now we can say, okay, guys, you're all caught up. Maybe you've caught him in that episode of Mandalorian that you thought was such a cool show. Here's where he came from. Now let's get going. So I'm going to open the floor to everybody and you guys just, we're going to let Brent take the lead. What were your initial thoughts of the book of Boba Fett? Pure question. And I'm going to say Sarlacc Pit. And what was your impression? <clears throat> I'll let Alfie start. Well, the first thing that I noticed, just because I'm me, and I'm sorry I'm this way, but um, you did anyone else notice the lack of the beak from the special edition of Return of the Jedi? Yeah. So I thought it was, so did he kill it, right? So there was a part of me that because you didn't see the tentacle moving either. And it seems like on his way out, he killed it, but I wasn't sure. I mean, I'm just speculating because he want, doesn't know. But when he got out and you see the hand, um, yeah, so sorry to, but yeah, no. I thought he was, I agree with you. There's no beak. I 100% agree. And I personally think he probably did to gut, to gut it and to get his way out of there. I think between the flamethrowers and chopping it up like a machete inside, I think he had to kill it to get out and, and, you know, I mean, he didn't come back out the way he came in. So I think he, he killed it, got out of there. Uh, come on. How cool was it, though, to see uh, basically the corpse of a stormtrooper? I mean, it was a stormtrooper, but just sitting in there caught up in the gut and the belly of that thing. I wish I wish they would have added a few like weak ways or, or Klaatu or whatever in there. But um but great question. D-Doc, any thoughts on, on that right there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed the fact that the Stormtrooper's armor almost looked like it was kind of melting in certain spots. Probably took a torch to it a little bit before they threw that baby in there. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I just thought the Sarlacc pit was awesome. Right when it flashed back, I'm like, oh my God, are we going here to see the old Boba Fett armor in there too? Not the new, you know, not the new mm -hmm. painted armor. It was kind of cool to see that. So yeah, it was just a good way to just get you jacked up early on in the episode. Agreed. And see, this is one thing I love about these Star Wars series. It's a little throwaway, this Stormtrooper being in there. But every one of us saw the Stormtrooper and said, well, there weren't any Stormtroopers at the Pit of Carcoon in Jedi, so there's got to be a story behind this one Stormtrooper being inside. And then I instantly thought of, like, uh, Casino, with Joe Pesci, you know, saying, you know, the Vegas desert, you know, how many bodies have we gotten rid of 
out here. It's countless. And you think, okay, well, Jabba's, he's a crime lord. Maybe the stormtrooper saw something he shouldn't have, or he couldn't be bribed. Just throw him in the pit, you know? Nobody's going to look there. I love it. Go ahead, Brent. I can't take this, but it's the magic of the internet. Somebody posted the Patton Oswald filibuster. Uh, yes. And actually overlaid it on top of the scene. And he's like, start in. We're zooming in on the twin sons of Tatooine. You pay, pay him down. You're looking at the Vrex sail barge. And then you see the, the Sarlacc pit and the hand of Boba Fett breaches the surface of the, I mean, it is identical to the Patton Oswald filibuster. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes no i i loved it i loved it i mean look guys it's um i think we're going to in the next six episodes see plenty of new things and things we're not prepared for and i think this was laying down the groundwork one of the things that joey said joey and i said back and forth after it was over was between the seeing the flash of Camino, seeing the flash of geonosis and then seeing the Sarlacc pit area and what happened to Boba Fett, we were like, you know, Joey, Joey does, Joey ranks the sequel trilogy very high. Okay. Joey's, you know, he's, he's a younger guy. He likes the sequel trilogy more than I do. Now I like the sequel trilogy. I have about a 10% problem with one movie. Other than that, I like the sequel trilogy. Um, but he said, you know, dad, having some of those things at the beginning of force awakens, or, or something like that maybe would have helped everybody be able to jump into all of this a little bit better. And I thought, man, you know, good point. And maybe, maybe Disney's saying, you know, instead of just throwing everybody in cold, let, let's, let's do this. You know, let's wet their whistle. Let's give them a little taste of, Oh, that happened. Oh, that happened. Now I see why we're here. Right. So, but that's just, that was just a quick conversation between he and I. So we, we have all this, we have the flashback, we, we, you know, what are, what are some parts of the show that stood out to you guys? Cause I mean, honestly, we can go through it and there's plenty of things, little things that stood out to me. Uh, Mas Espa, Max Rebo. I love Max Rebo band right there. Right. I mean, um, who, you know, who are the bad guys? Who are the bad guys that get them with the shields? Who are the bad guys at the, at the house out in the middle of the desert? Whose house is that out in the middle of the desert? Right. I mean, so there's so many things we could hit on you you guys go take the floor hit me with something that we can go on on this show go ahead alfie i was really blown away by the fact that they refilmed the Django fett scene from attack of the clones yeah if you go back and that wasn't just a clip no if you go back and look the background is different and it's from a different angle and you get a shot from behind young Boba looking into the, the helmet and seeing his reflection back. And if you watch the credits, there is a young Boba Fett actor and stunt person credited. I'm going to that scene right now while we're speaking and taking a look at that. So, yeah, that's so. So I just thought it was the clip from the Attack of the Clones. Yeah. And it even shows him run towards the helmet the clip in attack of the clones just showed him kneeling there right yeah that's a it's definitely a different look you know what it flashed by so fast that i think my brain just consumed it like it was mm -hmm. that scene but you're right they don't show that exact scene in attack of the clones 
So see that that's what's funny is this is the first time I've ever been watching Star Wars and being like, all right, this is a big episode and I need to pay attention to, you know, small details because I'm going to talk about this afterwards. And that's the kind of stuff that I don't even notice because I'm just like, this is awesome that they're flashing back to this scene in general. You know, like I, I was just jacked to see that. I thought, that yeah, I didn't expect that at all. I thought the helmet did look a little cleaner than it did maybe in the, maybe in the, um, you know, the prequel trilogy. I don't know, it, but. Which makes sense because it's a dream. It's not necessarily, a, you know, that exact scene. He's having a dream. Did, did anybody else feel like that, um, Tamara Morrison really thinned down for this for this uh, episode here. Do you think that was movie magic, or do you think he really kind of got into a weight training program? Because there were some scenes after the Sarlacc pit when he was getting drugged around by the Tuscan Raiders that he looked pretty thin and trim in all that right there. Yeah. He looks pretty menacing in just a flight suit, you know, all damaged up. That, that yeah, yeah I was going to – I'm sorry. Go ahead, D-Duck. <laughs> I was going to say in the scene when he was running away after he broke the ropes, I'm like, how old is Tamora Morrison? I'm like I, – so I looked it up while I'm watching the episode. He's 61 years old, man. Oh, my God. He looks great. Like, uh, that, that's one thought I had. I'm like, kudos to him for staying in that kind of shape, 61 years old. Mingna Wen is like 58, too. Like, she's yeah. in her, like, upper 50s. Oh, my she, God. She, Captain she, Rex fought – in the Battle of Endor, come on. It's good stock that they were made from. You know, speaking of that one, the, the flight suit reminded me of uh, Planet of the Apes with Charlton Heston. It looked mm -hmm. like that. And they really did a number on Tim's face and his skin while filming that. I mean, he looked ghastly, right? I mean, he looked almost like a corpse. And did you notice the little worms? They were putting, not only squeezing juice from worms into his mouth, but then using the worms like in Gladiator where they were having the maggots eat on the flesh and things like that. They had those in on his shoulder and on him while the, while the Tuscan Raiders were bringing, you know, taking him. So the little details right there, wow, it was really cool. Go ahead, Brent. So I want to go and talk about Moss Espa for a second. So we saw Moss Espa in... The, the Phantom Menace, right? Yes. And so Watto, mm -hmm. so so Watto is in the the outskirts of Mos Espa. Mm -hmm. Yes. So is there anything else that we have seen from Mos Espa? Because the, I'm asking that just because I can't place all of the different properties. Has Mos Espa showed up in any of the other properties? And two, how clean was that brothel slash bar? Mm -hmm. Because that was like high end and we've never seen other than Canto Bite. You've never really seen high end bars. And is Mos Espa like the wealthy area of Tatooine? Because Luke would make you think it's the farthest spot from the bright center of the universe. Um, quick question to go along with that. Was the Boonti Eve race, did that, does that take place at Mos Espa or Mos Eisley? because I couldn't remember. Um, but, uh, and you guys can look that up, but you're right, Brent. As soon as they went to the bar that the Twi'lek were running, uh, the, the cantina, what have you, um, man, first thing I thought was, this is clean. This is really nice. Like, it's not some dingy little place. They were there for service. Everything was clean. Everybody was dressed nice. Uh, it was well manicured. So, uh, definitely a different look, but I can't think of anything besides 
them meeting Anakin in Phantom Menace and then going back to see Watto in Attack of the Clones, besides that, them being in Mos Espa. So, uh, yeah, you get a little shot of them landing in Attack of the Clones, but you never get a real big pullback of the city. And Boonta Eve is held in the outskirts of Mos Espa. Mos Espa. Okay. Good, good. Um, D Doc or, or Alfie, any other thoughts that after we pass that up? I liked the droid from Galaxy's Edge and um, the ride at uh, Hollywood Studios showing up as the dealing. We, he was a dealer in that uh, brothel really? casino, whatever. I didn't know. He was also the pilot in the Rebels uh, episode where with oh, C3PO yeah. and R2D2. I think okay. DJ, I think is his name. Um, I, I know you guys will know this, and I know he's he he played uh, many characters in the prequels, and I think some in uh, I think he was even Bib Fortuna recently. Was that Matthew Wood playing the major domo to the mayor of uh, of Mos Espa who didn't show up? To pay tribute to Boba Fett, was that Matthew Wood? I think it was Matthew Wood. Yeah, I believe so as well. Like because I know he was credited when I saw the credits. I know Matthew Wood was credited, and I believe that was who it was. But can you imagine the gall of the yeah. mayor? I want to know who the mayor. Like at this point, I know that's the whole point. I want to know who the mayor is. Is it that Ethereum that we saw in the previews? Because they haven't shown all of the previews. Is the mayor the Ethereum? And like. That takes some uh, brass balls to tell somebody who replaced Jabba and Bib Fortuna yeah. that you need to pay me. Yeah. I agree. That I, was yeah. David Pasquise. Okay. So I, so I don't know who Matt Wood was in this one, but I knew I saw Matt Wood in the credits. So I was like, is that, is that him right there? Um, and there's thousands of people, because we have thousands of listeners, I'm sure, who are saying, Joe, you're an idiot. That wasn't him. Alfie just told you who it was but i mean i just i don't know what he looks like visually i guess but i know he's in all these different star wars things so um i thought that was a good throwback if it was um yeah so looking at this i mean we have uh, again you know I, I thought it was cool when I, i've got the max rebo band t-shirt from uh from uh, hollywood studios way back when so seeing him really uh really was cool but are we thinking that the mayor sent those guys with the vibro shields and the vibro blades to come after uh boba fett and fennec shan or who was it who sent those after him go ahead alfie i don't think the mayor even sent that guy to go see boba fett really yeah okay and yes i think the guys who attacked him are working for that guy but it's not it's not the mayor it's the other no this guy's working behind the mayor's back okay I'll take your word for it. Uh, I like the shields. I like the vibroblades. I like that some of the Gamorrean guards from Java said, hey, we'll be loyal to you, you know, uh, if you want us to, to be your, your henchmen and to see them come out and have some fighting going on. And let's face it, when everything broke down and they had to take Bobo away because they had stuck him a few times, Phoenix Shan was awesome. Here she was jumping all over the place, battling with these guys, um, She's just going to be a great character. We already know she's a you know great character, but she's just going to add so much to her lore during this show right here. It, it's just pretty cool. 
any any thoughts on the chase there alpha you must know some deeper things that we don't know about those guys fighting um but there was a lot going on i mean we saw the twi'leks paid tribute put money in in uh boba's helmet which of course all got taken away when the the fighting occurred go ahead any thoughts on any of that part right there the credits in the helmet did you notice this is kind of a little to me it was a little callback to episode one the phantom menace uh the credits in the helmet were new republic credits really yes and if you remember Watto said republic credits are no good out here hmm alfie this is why the book of boba fett is the book of alfie that's what i tweeted the other day because <laughs> i'm watching it enjoying it like ddoc and you're pointing out all these little things that i didn't see i just uh, love that there's ninja stars in star wars now was that not awesome <laughs> It's like Storm Shadow from G.I. Joe or something. Oh, gosh. And she was scared to death of them. I mean, she took a leap off of a building to get away from the Ninja Stars. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that Dude, was pretty cool. One, one thought I had from that scene right away was I was just like, damn, this isn't the best look for Boba, you know, kind of you know, getting attacked, you know, number one, he doesn't even have his helmet on. So that, right. to me, that makes it look even worse when, you know, I, I, I think, I think maybe people might know that he's kind of been like a grinder and he hasn't been as much of a leader before. And they're like, let's try to take him down because I mean, you could already see right away in the beginning, you had Fennec, Fennec is kind of trying to coach him. Like, you know, you, you shouldn't be doing this. Like it's not going to work. And he's just like, oh, I'm going to try it. Like he, you know, he wants to rule a different way and right away the way that he plans to rule proved him wrong immediately. You know, he gets attacked in the streets and, you know, in front of the public. So, you know, what are people going to think of him? Is that a sign of weakness? I mean, they did kind of win, but. Well, and, and when that, when that uh, mayor's guy was in a, in the, uh, in Jabba's palace with him, you know, Finnick turns and says, you may kill him. You're, you may just kill him. <laughs> and he's like, no, let him, let him go. You know, this, I'm going to show you a new way. Like you said, a new way of, of leading things, whatever. She wasn't real happy. She's ready to, she's ready to take him out right there. So, um, yeah. And see, that gave me like real Godfather vibes right there. You know, the, yes. the real enemy hasn't presented themselves yet. To me, yeah, Boba's putting on this little farce here, but he he's presenting himself as a vulnerable target to see who the real enemy is, who his real threats are. You might be right. You might just be playing his cards and saying, "I'm I'm going to put this out there and see what we can." You know, it's like fishing him in, right? Bringing him, bringing right. him in on the hook. So, um, do we have any thoughts? Was that just a random scene? when he was doing the flashbacks to the Tuscan Raiders and he's with that young Tuscan Raider and they watch that robbery or whatever happened at that homestead on Tatooine. Do we have any ideas of why that was being shown, what that was about, or if it had any meaning to it? Brent, go ahead. I just know in the previews, they show speeders moving away from something, right? And it looked like the same speeders that were coming away from that homestead. So if anything, it could be him again, proving himself to the Raiders, just like beating up and uh, what he did towards the end of the episode. But I think it may be them going and proving themselves to the Raiders by stopping that group of people. 
that's that's my i know book of alfie probably has a different read on it but that's kind of where i was looking at it i'm with you so far everybody froze up it looks like i'm good okay yeah you guys came back it was probably me one yes i agree with you on that brent but two if you go back to the mandalorian i think like the first episode of the first season the tuscans made a big deal with Cobb vance about them they already steal their water and if you watch those guys vandalize that homestead they destroyed all the water supplies and we're just letting it run everywhere so one the same people are always trying to get their things back get their land back but two they're always after water so i would think that any group that's just going to deliberately destroy water supplies that they see as theirs is going to become target enemy number one for them and I really like this Tuscan group because they, from so much of what we've seen, you know, outside of like Darth Crate, you know, right. the Tuscans have always seen the same. And then now these guys, one, they're dressed in black. They seem to have a real fighting style and hierarchy. And yeah. are they an offshoot? You know, what, what's this going to be? You know, yeah. Is he going to, they going to become his personal army at some point? I mean, I think that would be awesome. Ahead, I they, they gave me infant's nest vibes. Oh yeah, I like that. From Solo, like when I looked at him and like he was the whoever the patriarch matriarch. I don't know if it was male or female, but the one who was wearing all the dark the dark black. It just struck me as like infant's nest getup and garb. Uh, yeah, and is this going to be a group of Tuscan Raiders that say, "Hey, we've had enough of wandering out in the desert. We're going to take some stuff back." I mean, they also had different uh, tents, right? So in Attack mm-hmm. of the Clones, when uh, Anakin goes crazy and kills them all because they, he hates them, they had like a tooth from the Banta, and they had these guys had just lean to with like tarp. Yeah, yeah, like they're more you know on the go kind of. We're gonna strike from anywhere. We're always on the move. Rather like like you said in Attack of the Clones, they seem to have like an actual village, oh. an established village. Right. Yeah, they they were definitely more like nomadic and and you're right. You know that that black in their uniform, in their uniforms, in their apparel definitely stood out. And and I I think from the books we've read before, uh, Tuscan Raiders you, didn't they have a matriarch? Wasn't it usually led by a female? I, I think I believe so. that Kenobi in Kenobi, I believe it was a female. Like if yeah. you go back in the John Jackson or John Jackson whatever. Miller, yeah, there you go. I couldn't think of. I knew it was three names, um, but yeah, I, I believe it was a it was a female that ran the the uh, the clique, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So um, when when those guys, you know, when those guys were tearing up that homestead. What was that logo? Did it look like a letter J and a letter L, or or a backwards L and a forwards L? What I missed it. What was that? It, it reminded me of the Atari logo from back in the day. I, I'm sorry, but that's what I. It looked like the Atari logo. I don't know what it is or not, but I'm guessing that's how they find them, and that's how they go and do what I was saying. Is that they they go to those homesteads and see them and try uh, track them through that. Okay. But, Alfie, do you have any insight on that? No, uh, that was one thing I meant to look up today, but I I hadn't really seen anything on what. Uh, there's got to be some significance. Is it just like their little gang, you know, symbol? You know, is it their calling card? You know, 
the wet bandits. God, <laughs> like the, I was thinking the same thing. The sticky bandits. <laughs> Uh, um, okay, so when 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 Boba goes back in the back to tank again, he starts going flashing back to the time with the Ra- Tuscan Raiders, and again we we talked about that where he saw the the crime happening and everything like that. But what was the deal with the the one youthful Tuscan Raider taking him and the Rodian, uh, an orange Rodian by the way, out and they were digging up water based items in the sand. First of all, that was like, where are we going with this? And then when they did find that that creature, first of all, I'd never seen that creature before. Have we seen that creature before in Star Wars? Was it on the, I haven't. the Dejaric table on, on the Millennium Falcon? It, it kind of looked, looked like it. Yeah. Ooh. So, Brent, you might do some digging on that. Because that uh, first thing I saw was when it went on the back legs and had arms up, I thought, is this from the table game? It, it, you know, but... Um, but man, how cool was it that then Boba takes the chain around the neck like Leia did on Java and, and takes it down that way. And that's the way he gets taken into the culture there by the by the uh, Tuscan Raider, you know, group or family that he's with. Go ahead, Brent. My instant headcanon on that was I was thinking of it kind of like a Spartan and they were forcing him to go out and like prove himself as a Spartan. But he took these slaves with him to help him out because he just laid down with his dog and he wasn't really like, I mean, he was making them work for the water. Right. But I I felt like it was like, Hey, you go do this trial. And there's a part of me that feels like that was what he was trying to find was maybe food. I don't know what it was, but, there's a part of me while they were digging up the water. I think he was also trying to find that animal. I don't know, but that's kind of where I was at with it. It was like a Spartan quest. No, I, I liked it. I mean, I, I thought it was, it definitely took a turn because I'm sitting there watching this going, well, we're out in the middle of the desert. We're just digging, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden, boom, here, here's this creature right here. So, and you can tell how bad, how, how ticked off Tamara Merce and Boba Fett was getting because the Rodian kept finding him. And he's looking over him like, come on, really? You found like three or four now. You know, he's thinking, what, what the heck? What's it going to take for me to find one of these items here? So, and and I did like that they went back to the flashback of the dogs from Attack of the Clones, the, the dog-like creatures from the Tusken Raiders. And they had them there in, in the scene and everything. And they looked a lot better, obviously, you know, 20 years later than, than the Attack of the Clones. Um, so he, he gets himself indoctrinated into the Tusken Raider group. Alfie, where do you want to go from here? Well, first, the Rodian was voiced by Sam Witwer. Really? Yes. See, okay, all right. And then, two, I really liked that moment after he kills it, and he's holding the chains, and it's you could tell he has that, you know, that split second thought: Do I kill the kid and the dog? Yes. Go off on my way, or. You know, do I go back to them? Was this a trial? You know, because he could very easily have just gone back and they killed him. You know, the kid could have said he killed the monster. <laughs> right. But right. Yeah, it's just another step in this journey of Boba Fett, and I'm excited to see where it goes. D Doc, we were talking about where he killed the creature when they're out digging for water and all that kind of stuff. Can you can you hear us? All right. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Of course, the one night I have technical issues since I've been on this podcast is Boba Fett night. So I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, it is okay. what it is. 
But did any of you guys think that that creature looked like um, what was what was the name of the character from uh, Mortal Kombat? Remember in Mortal Kombat, the I thing know. with four arms? Yes. I Gyro or Giro? Yeah, I don't. I, can't I, don't name. I don't know the name, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, right when that thing popped up, I'm like, oh man, we're going to some Mortal Kombat style stuff right here. This is wild. There, it was a pretty cool creature. Yeah, see, I went first, Clash of the Titans. That was my first thought, but then I switch it to, is, is it from the Dejarig table on the on the Falcon, like one of those little rubbery creatures? So, yeah, but I had not thought of the Mortal Kombat. Of course, not being a gamer, it didn't pop across my mind. But um, yeah, I, I thought that was a good uh, Goro. 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 Yep. Okay. Um, so, what are you guys' thoughts? I mean, this is now. You know, we know that he he was in the Sarlacc pit. This is uh, going on five years later because we now know that this took place during the Mandalorian. We know that he got his his uh, armor back. This happened after the season two of the Mandalorian. So five years, he's still going to the back to tank all the time to repair himself. He's still having flashbacks, memories, nightmares, dreams, whatever. Is this going to be a constant or was this a first episode? Let's refresh your course. Like we discussed at the beginning, or is this going to be something that there's things in his past that we've talked about that are going to keep flashing up while he's in the back to tank? Go ahead, D-Doc. Yeah, I mean, I, I was, I was kind of that. Those were my exact thoughts. Are these flashbacks for the first episode or what? But then, when he said to Fennec, "I'm having the dreams again," I'm just like, I'm like, maybe, maybe this is something that you know really was kind of throwing him off before, perhaps that kind of threw him off his game that he's having these dreams again. It might be getting in his head a little bit. So that was where my mind went. Okay, okay, Brent or Alfie. I Go ahead, Brent. A, I think it's just a mechanism to try to catch you up. Um, I mean, I think I like the idea that anytime he goes into the back to tank, that it it, it triggers flashbacks. Um, so that leads me to believe that they might start off episodes because they threw him into the back of the back to tank at the end of the episode to mm -hmm. show us that. So there might be you start the next episode with another memory. But I like that mechanism as the back to tank kind of triggers those memories that give us that background. But I look at it as just like filling in the backstory to help out the 38 years of people trying to come up with what his backstory was. Okay. So we've already talked about that Phoenix Chan, ming Nguyen, is a pretty cool character. And she's pretty cutthroat if, if, if people will let her be. I mean, let's face it, Mando was like, you don't want to mess with her all the way back in season one, right? Um, so we know that. And we know that right now Boba's showing some weakness. Is she super loyal to where she's not going to turn and say, I could take this all over myself? Or do you think, or, or you know, is she going to do that? Is she going to, at some point in time in these six, seven episodes, say, you know what, old man, I, I, I could take you out and I can be in charge. Um, is that a thought that's crossed anybody's mind? I think that thought is there. But again, going back to a mobster movie, you know, it's kind of like that scene with Jack Nicholson and Leonardo DiCaprio in The Departed. Mm -hmm. He says, yeah, I could probably do what you do, but do I want to do it? No. 
it's a lot easier to be the number two than it is to be the number one. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, go ahead, Brent. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. I think that she's not going to turn, um, at all, but I'm going to go back and kind of go back. I know the book of Alfie thinks that the guys with the red shields and fiber swords are working with the mayor's consigliere, number two person that showed up, but I'm secretly hoping that they're working for another mob boss. Um, just to try to see because everybody, the vacuum of power, I want them to be multiple mob bosses having this war, the war of the five families type thing. Um, Cause I kind of want to see that, that come up and it'd be awesome if the, they were working for like Zizor or if they were working for um, mall or if they were working for someone in that realm. I, I do like that. Well, they kind of cool. Can't be working for mall. Well, no, they can't be right now. But they could be working for Kira. Yeah, that's Maul's, more likely. Maul, Maul, okay, sorry. The dark, whatever, the, whatever they are, the Shadow <laughs> Collective or whatever, the Dark Sun, Crimson Dawn, Crimson yes. Sun. Yeah, Crimson. There you go. You got there. I let you get there yourself. There you go. Walk through it. Walk through it. Um, so overall, and, and I've got a question about future stuff here in a minute, but overall, again, I don't. I used to go, man, if that first episode's going to rock your world, I mean, there were tons of things in this first episode. I mean, I need to watch it a few more times, obviously, to catch up to the book of Alfie. But um, I, I think it was very rich in storytelling. It was very rich in background. It was, it was world building, I think, all those things we want it to be. It had a touch of the old with sprinkling in some of the new a little bit at a time. Uh but I, I was very pleased with the first episode. It didn't leave me going, eh, you know, I'm kind of, I think this episode laid enough of the groundwork for me to go, wow, this is going to be something that's going to be good for these next six episodes right here. They were just, they were just let you taste a little bit of it here to get ready for the rest of it. What about your guys' thoughts overall on the show? And, and are there things that, you, that we haven't hit on so far that you do want to hit on? Go ahead, around the room, anybody. Yeah, I think we've only just tipped, uh, dipped our toes in the water, honestly, as far as where this show is going to go. I mean, I think they gave us a little bit of taste of everything, kind of established a little bit of stuff. But I mean, uh, we, we still don't fully know the plot line. I mean, all we know is that, you know, he's in charge now. It's something new to him. And, you know, we'll see where it goes from here. I mean, uh, uh, do you think they're going to build this Tuscan Raider story throughout the entire show of him? like winning their respect or do you think that the guy giving him the water at the end of the episode was kind of just like the end of that that's how he got in with them you know like that's what i was wondering will we be seeing these tuscan raider flashbacks the whole time because that's kind of what led him to find mando basically i'm hoping that in that flashback you'll see how he came across shand yes i mean that's the one that i want to see in the flashback yeah, because he came across Shan before he came across Cobb Banth and the Mandalorian. So you're right. right. He found her dead, well, dying out, out, in, out in the middle of the desert. Uh, so you're right. It would be good to see that and see how it, those steps took until we got to see him in, uh, what was it, season, the end of season two's first episode, right? Yes. So If you go by the, the trailer... Just, uh, you know, in order, you would think at, 
you, you got the shots of him in the jumpsuit with the gaffy stick mm-hmm. in Anchorhead. And then there's also shots of him and Chan sneaking around the palace to get back to Slave One. Okay. That was awesome, by the way. Whoever's got music playing in the background, I'm sitting there looking around going, is that me? Oh, that's my clock. Sorry. <laughs> it's that's a Christmas okay. clock. I thought it was the ice cream yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was definitely Christmas music. That was a Christmas yeah. clock. Uh, it is. Brent, how about you on just some general comments or thoughts from episode <clears throat> one of this? Um, give it an eight out of 10. I enjoyed the heck out of it. So D-Doc, you sent a message saying that you just finished it about 10 minutes before uh, we got on. And I think I had finished my third or fourth viewing of it at that time. So wow. uh, it's only 30 minutes, man. Yeah, it's like, true. true. And, and I'm in that, that weird, I don't have to work week. And so I just played it. No one was up in the house. I was waiting for the sun to wake up because I took that shift this morning and I watched it like three times. And then I just watched it again at like seven o'clock waiting to come on. As an educator, you are in the world between worlds of of school right now. Yeah. Yep. Um, So some things I wanted to hit on real quick. Um, Rodriguez had said, you're only going to see stuff really from the first episode in the, in the um, trailer, in the previews, but let's take a second and remind ourselves that we see the the hammerhead ithorian in in one of the previews so we have that yet to come which i think is either you know we can estimate or guesstimate that it's maybe the mayor or maybe another mob boss or you know right there um the young lady on the speeder bike who comes flying in at the end that everybody's throwing out a hundred different ideas on who it could be um that was one thing that came in the previews or the trailer we haven't seen anything with in the first episode are there other key scenes from some of the previews that you didn't see in this first episode go ahead alfie the mayor's right hand guy being chased by the speeder bike gang through the streets of mos espa okay all right. So you're right. I mean, if they're chasing him down, right. Are they really working for that guy? Um, anything else that I, I, I mean, I tried to pick my brain and going, okay, did I miss anything here? Go ahead. D doc. Did you have something you saw now? So from seeing the trailers and seeing the old man passing behind the, uh, Twi'lex or Twi'lex, did, did that happen in this episode? Because I didn't, I didn't rewind and double check. No, so that wasn't this episode. No, okay. Point. That was the one thing that I thought was like, all right, he'll probably wind up back there. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know who that guy is, but he sure as hell looks like Obi-Wan. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Go ahead, Brent. So there's a picture of Finnick Shan or a video of Finnick Shan bringing one guy in. And um, there's the video of them walking in with the, the Luke Skywalker's um, friends into their hut. Um, which Amy, is probably going to be in Amy the flashback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is another scene in that it's connected to the scene with the, uh, the collection of the, the one red guy with the red shield. Um, they walk into a room, Finnick and Boba, and there's like six guns that are drawn and pointed at Boba and Finnick Shan, something like that. Um, so that one wasn't there. They also look into the Raincore pit 
um, and you see the shot from underneath looking up into the rain core pit, that's not there. Um, and then there's a, the um, the dinner with the five families or whatever, the capos where he's sitting there at the yeah. dinner where we thought she was going to talk about you talk and this is the feed you to the menagerie when he actually said it to, she said it to somebody else at a different time. Yeah. Um, so those are four or five that are just off the top of my head. Love it. I love it. So you, you're right. I mean, we discussed it. This was a appetizer. This, this first episode was getting people caught up again for as mu as much as we think this is what every person who watches Star Wars is all about, we are guys who've been watching Star Wars since we were old enough to talk, right? And walk. Um, there are plenty of people who their first part of Star Wars was the Mandalorian in the last two years. And to see this character and have then people go, wait a minute, there's another guy in Mandalorian outfit. Where is he from? What's he? I didn't read any of the books. Oh, I saw him in Empire and Jedi. What this, this is bringing it all together. And this first episode makes you go, wait a minute, there was a water plant, you know, for somebody who watched Mandalorian, there's a water planet. What does that have to do with Boba Fett? Right. Oh, wait, why is he holding that guy's helmet in the middle of that, that stadium right there? Right. I mean, so they're taking you and saying, hey, you might want to check out the prequels. You, you might need to check out the original trilogy. And oh, by the way, now we're going to take you to the next step. Guys, we, we could be in for anything. We could be in for anything from Ahsoka to Mandalorian to, I, I mean, any of these people could come and be a part of this show by the time we get done with, with seven episodes right here. Any crazy random thoughts? Brent had hit on great things we didn't see in in the uh episode from the from the previews any other thoughts of things we could couldn't see or things we missed on alfie one uh some interaction between boba fett and Cobb vance because he knew that mando took the armor from him so how did he figure that out and him tracking the mandalorian down to where they meet in the uh, tragedy episode, I mean, did he just randomly pick one planet out of the galaxy and that's where he was at? So again, like you said, yeah, we could see Ahsoka. I mean, it would make sense if he's following the Mandalorian, you know, a few days behind from location to location during the season, you could, he could pretty much go anywhere. And I would love, absolutely love for him to show up at Maz Kanata's oh. bar. Man, we are we are just hitting things all over the place right here. There's a lot every, that could be. Every right time here. I hear Maz, I can't help but to think of what T. Bob said about her and Chewie. Man, <laughs> every time, T. Bob, man, thank I you for that. Oh, by the way, I did reach out to T. Bob. Um, I know for sure. Um, Mark Anthony Austin, uh, we, we you know we talked to him a while back, and he said he'd be happy to come back. I, I did reach out to him, ask him if he'd come and cover the last episode of book of Boba Fett with us. He did say he would do that. Uh, we have some other guests who've come on with us. Uh, the Duchess, T-Bob, Scott Rifen, Steve Lawson, Adam Bray, who've all said, you know, we've, we've started some discussions to see if they want to come and be a part and maybe join in with us as we recap uh, the episodes one by one. Look, I, I know I don't, I'm not big. I, I don't do the chronological thing. I don't sit here and maybe that's wrong, but I didn't want to go a scene by scene. People can watch this show, right? I mean, for us to go scene by scene, 
we might as well just have it up on the screen right here and us talking over it. <laughs> it doesn't really do any good. I mean, the things that stand out to us are the things we should talk about and, and then let people watch the show. But um, again, I, you know, Brent, I think, I think you're right. You know, an eight, eight and a half, something like that. It didn't, it didn't make it go, Oh my gosh, I'm losing my mind, but it made you go, man, this is wet my whistle right here on this. Um, and, and anytime you can have live action star Wars going on and, and people week, to week having a week in between to talk about it and think about it is a good thing. So um, any, any other thoughts you guys want to hit on the book of Boba Fett in the first episode before we shut things down tonight? The job was let him keep his shoes. That, I thought that was nice of them. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but he still had his shoes on. So you know, that, at least they respected that. I did not pay attention to that. <laughs> yeah, I was, as he was walking through the desert, I'm like, all right, at least his feet aren't burning, even though he's getting drugged by a chain right now. But I, I was also wondering, too, if we're going to hear ripples of what's going on with Mando without seeing anything. Like, if we're going to hear, like, news of other stuff going on in the galaxy, and it could be Mando's story taking place while this is going on, you know, like that, that's another thing that I've thought of where we might not see what's going on with him, but we might hear some stuff. Yeah, it makes sense. Definitely does. I mean, it's going on the same timeline, right? I mean, mm-hmm. as, as far as we know, Ahsoka show and, and the Mando are going on coinciding with this, this show right here. So I'm, I'm going to go Marvel with that and just say it's like a Marvel movie. Unless they specifically call for help, no one pays it any attention whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> the world's coming to an end, but we, yeah. yeah, but it only affects Captain America for this two hours. Nobody else cares. That's right. That's right. Um, Brent, was there anything, anything you thought was missing from this or is it, is it got, like you said, you've watched it three or four times now, so you must have enjoyed it at an eight out of ten. Uh, anything you want to see or, or you thought was lacking from from the first one? No, I'm just I want to know where the story goes. Just I'm allowing the story to take its place. Um, I can yeah. text you after we're off air. <laughs> well, so I also okay. So you say that, but then in my social media perusing after the episode, right? Because we all get bombarded and everybody. Somebody yeah. said that those Reddits were not accurate, right? So somebody said, based upon this one showing, this one thirty minutes, that they they weren't following the the four chan lead. There's still people on Reddit that deny that uh, certain people are in Spider Man, even though the movie's out. They, you, that that's fake. So <laughs> I don't I don't really go by what Reddit says, but yeah, I know it was what you're something yeah, there were people saying that the, if you believe the if you believe that those hacks or those those postings and the those whatever it was that they're they're leading you astray because none of that came true or none of what they said was going to happen in the episode actually happened in the episode. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you can tell me what the plot's going to be, but I want to let it play its course, right? That's the so way do I roll. I'm, I, that's I'm, the way I let it roll. I'm really excited about that too. You know what? I'm going into this show with. No expectations, except I'm excited to see something that we all saw 38 years ago come together and follow the storyline. And I'm excited at the same time to see if it builds into the Star Wars MCU, like Alfie has been saying it will. And if all those things come together, then 
they've hit a home run, right? If they can rekindle the stuff from 1980 and 1983 and also hit on uh, things that have happened in the last two or three years, then amen, hallelujah. Let's run with it. Go ahead, Alfie. One thing I really loved about this episode, and it's just me, and I'm sorry that I'm this way, but after what 30 some years of reading comics books you know all the guides visuals all that stuff it was so awesome to finally see gamorian guards being useful <laughs> true usually they're just there and they die and they don't do a single thing it was so awesome to see him finally kick some butt and show why they are the uh, bodyguards of everyone yeah, they were built, man. I, I saw a UFC fighter was casted as one of those guys. So I, I was looking at the casting after the episode and one of the guys had like UFC shirt on was built. So like, you know, it'll be funny uh, seeing those guys tail along throughout the series too. I think they're going to have their own little storyline. I think they're going to help Boba out. Guys, I'm, I'm, I'm having the show playing over here by me while we're doing this. <clears throat> I, I can't tell you what house that is out in the desert that's getting robbed. I mean, well, they all kind of look the same. I know. I mean, is it just cookie cutter? Everybody just drops them in the sand and goes, I mean, but that, 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 that symbol they're putting out there is still ticking me off. It's going to come <laughs> back and we're all going to be like, dang on it. We should have seen that coming, but Hey, I, I want to know now. It's the Atari symbol and it's Owen and Baru's house. <laughs> He's just, he just those calling my, his shot right there. Th those are my first thoughts is like when I was watching this scene, I'm like, the guys on the podcast are going to know whose house this is. Cause I, I I'm like, I don't know if this is Luke's house or what I'm, uh, I, I'm like, these guys will know right when I get on, I guarantee it. So I'm glad there's a little, I'm glad there's mystery out there. On. And, and also this is taking place. Um, right. Well, we, I mean, they're already tired. Owen and Baru, yeah. Owen and Baru are already cooked, so it can't That's be right. them, right? Like, like they're they're already crispy critters. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's go around the room. Let's let's hit some closing thoughts. Anybody wants to hit, whether it's something to do with this show or any other topic, and then we'll we'll close it down. Because I get told all the time, gosh, those shows that are an hour or less, they're really easy to listen to on the way to work and the way back from work. So we're about that time. So let's let's give the people what they want here. Uh, D Doc, I know you were in and out with computer troubles and all that, but. <laughs> Yeah. Any closing thoughts on the show or other things? <laughs> yeah. So talk about something funny. I'm using my new microphone stand. Uh, I'm using my new microphone to hold my phone right now as I'm using everything I've had all this time. So <laughs> yeah, but I want to, I want to show my sister got me a uh, Boba Fett from that, um, from that uh, vintage store I was showing you guys. She did rip off the price tags on me. Uh -huh. I didn't say anything to her. I was going to say, I was going to say, Liz, it's okay. If I know the price on this, you can leave yeah. that sticker on it. But I'm like, I'm just pumped to get that. I got that in R2 and I got a hot toys figure for the first time in my life, which I'm jacked up about. So those, I, I, I didn't get to talk about Christmas at all. I had a very good Star Wars Christmas. People hooked me up with a lot of stuff. Boba Fett's on. I'm very happy right now. Good, 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 good. Brent, how about you? Dave has not been able to see the the toy that I was painting up and making. It is the infantry support platform. You can help me out because I believe it's from one of the video games um, on the Battle of Kashyyyk, but um, I've painted it up and got it all ready to roll. And then I've also done the base because it's a swamp speeder, so it looks like a swamp on the base. So, and that comes as a fully built figure? 
Oh, hell no. Uh, you have to model it together. It comes on, uh, they call them sprues. You got to clip them out and glue them together. So you do your Bandai models. You know exactly what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. No. So this thing probably came in about 75 to 80 different pieces that you got to glue together. All right. Like, I'm going to have like, to look into those. <laughs> <laughs> but Star like the, Wars Legions, don't go down that hole. <laughs> like, like the engine itself is five different pieces. Like there are three or four different pieces that hold it together to make it that um, this little middle pipe, uh, this middle piping is actually two pieces that get pushed together to glue together. Um, that is beautiful. So, and then like the guys, their seat belts, the chairs, like four different. Yeah. Yes. He, he has a, you know, he has a touch for that. He's good at that. The painting, the putting together. That's Prince. You, thing. Have, you have no idea. I am. I am a, I'm a two on the painter scale compared <laughs> to some of the guys that I've seen. So. Alfie, how about you? I, I, I've been enjoying your, your attic really reveals, by the way, all your attic stuff. Yeah, I almost didn't want to share that because I, it just looks like I have a serious problem. <laughs> it's, it's for the kids. It's for the kids. You have four. It's for the kids. Yeah. Or three. It's three. like I said, uh, you know, I didn't even show half the stuff. I was just looking through tubs and like, oh, hey, this looks cool. And I completely forgot about the Boba Fett gauntlets. Mm. Hey. And uh, I packed up more stuff this week and it's getting ready to go up there. <laughs> but as far as the show goes, I loved every second of it. I wish it was longer. I'm. I hope we get a season two. I, I I think this story's got some legs. It could really go somewhere. Um, you know, going back to the Clone Wars, you know, how much play did we get out of the Pike Syndicate and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Death Watch? And, you know, I mean, there, there's always more criminals. <laughs> and, and they're always fighting each other. That's the best part, you know. They're, they're always at war, you, you know, either a Cold War, you know, they're going to the mattresses. But uh, I can't wait to see where this goes. Good, good. Well, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, I, you know, I, I think Brent called it, I think it was a good eight, eight and a half out of ten. Um, and I think we're going to have some tens probably coming up the way they're, they're ramping this thing up here over the next six episodes. Again, we'll have some guests coming on. Um, to follow up, Tony did send me pictures. Tony, my brother, who's part of the show sometimes, he got one of those helmets, uh, Dave, that you do. The Legos, he got the Stormtrooper one. So he did that yes. over Christmas. He loves that. He's been sending me pictures on that. Uh, Joey got Cad Bane, uh, which he was really excited about. I got this, the Art of the Mandalorian book right here, uh, which is gorgeous. I mean, all the sketches and drawings. Some of the baby Yoda Grogu drawings are hilarious of what they were originally thinking about doing. Um, but you know what? We're, we're in a good time for Star Wars. And we, there's a lot of stuff going on. And uh, you know what? We're going to be along for the ride. We're going we're gonna to go through this journey together as friends and with all of you who are listening. So to Brent, to Alfie, to D-Doc, um, thanks so much for listening to Chapter 117. We'll be back next week with another episode about whatever's going on in the world of Star Wars as well as the book of Boba Fett. And we just thank you for listening. Thank you for following again at Rule the Galaxy SW on Twitter, Rule the Galaxy SW at gmail.com. Just rule the galaxy on YouTube and Facebook. And thank you guys. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. 
Let's see, let's see where 2022 takes us. And uh, Alfie's got something real quick. Go ahead. Real quick. Sorry. I, I Just like you, I'm watching it and going through the credits here. The red guys with the shields are credited as being the Nightwind assassins. There we go. A little Nightwind assassins, a little bit of knowledge being dropped on you before we end the show. Let's go look that up in EU and see where it is. Brent, it might be in a book. I don't know. So. Guaranteed. <laughs> Star Wars role-playing game. Here we go. Going back so, to the 80s. There we go. The West End's game. Okay. They're, wow. they're, bringing, they're bringing more C&D characters out of the sandbox like oh, Filoni yeah. and Favreau like to do. Hey, with that, the Nightwind Assassins, until next week, may the Force be with you.